Peter Mullen is with us for health and well-being, and a good topic today: reducing the risk of allergies through natural medicine. Natural medicine. Good morning, Dave, or good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Good to have you here. So this will Thank be an you. interesting one because a lot of people, gee, they find it hard with these allergies, especially during the winter months. Yeah, look, absolutely, and it's it maybe surprising to know that allergies are among the fastest growing chronic conditions in Australia. What are allergies and why do our children and adults get allergies? So allergies are the body's abnormal response to um, a, a, a portion of food. It can be to um, insect bites. It can be to things in the environment like dust or dust mm-hmm. mite or dust mite rather. Um, and basically when the, when the immune comes in contact, if the immune system's you know, there's lots of reasons. We'll get to the causes in a minute. So basically it's where the immune system for some reason recognizes that or thinks that something's abnormal for it. Mm. Like the, the immune system's one of the major roles is is fighting infection, you know, keeping us keeping us healthy. So it's very vigilant in, you know, detecting viruses and bacteria and cancer cells. So but somehow what happens with allergies is um the immune system starts to react to proteins particularly or um, components of different foods or chemicals it comes in contact with as if it's a foreign invader. So the immune system mounts a, a defense against that foreign invader. It takes a few presentations. Mm-hmm. You know, the body's got to come across uh, the same sort of protein quite a few times for it to start to recognize, hang on, there's a problem there. The body starts to produce antibodies to that food now. So every time that food now comes into the body, the immune system's geared there, ready to, to attack it. And, um, you know, it's estimated that like uh, at least 4.1 million Australians or 19.6, nearly 20% of our population um, have at least one allergic disease. And that can include things, you know, everything ranging from anaphylaxis, which is where people actually, you know, can die from yeah, an yeah, allergic yeah. reaction, um, to things like um, uh, hay fever, eczema and asthma. Um, 10% of Australian infants have proven food allergy, and it's one of the highest incidents internationally as well. Okay. So the allergy rate in Australia is one of the highest in the world. Um, hospital admissions for anaphylaxis has increased fourfold in the last 20 years, and um, drug-induced um, anaphylaxis deaths have increased 300%, over 300% over the last decade in Australia. Um, so... And it's estimated or predicted that by 2050, the number of patients affected by allergic in diseases will increase by 70% to 7.7 million. So, Peter, what are the causes of allergies? It's really, it's really no one, no one 100% knows. You know, I often say at the at kids' talks, you know, that you know our children's health is not what it used to be. And allergies, allergies are most common in. Um, um, children and adolescents, you know, and sometimes they'll carry through to adulthood as well. But we're seeing these allergies often in, in you know, young, young kids and, and babies. Um, there's a number of theories as to why kids are more allergic or more reactive. But I remember when I was at school, I don't think I knew anyone that had, no. you know, like there was preschools and, and daycare centers, maybe not so many daycare centers, but preschools around. But I don't think I knew anyone that had a restriction on their, their food where they were worried about an anaphylactic reaction. One theory put forward, and I don't agree with this theory 100%, is what's called the hygiene theory. Right, right. That, you know, maybe over the last 10 or 15 years, we've all become, all become really obsessed with hygiene and, you know, babies' bottles are being over-sterilized and surfaces wiped and these, you know, antiseptic gels and everyone's washing their hands with these yep, days yep. as well that, you know, we're restricting um, the the amount of, um, say, um, 
um, proteins and bugs and things that our immune system normally would come in contact with. And that but may in be... doing that, we think we're doing a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, but that, that, as I said, the hygiene hypothesis is one theory. Um, I sort of suspect that in the last 50 years, I think it's a combination of um, increased chemicals in our environment, um, things like maybe food additives and preservatives that weren't around as to the degree that they are now, I think that um, parents' health has changed. Right, right. And that's probably my big big thing is that I think the last three generations, um, there's been a lot of um, chemical and environmental change in on the planet. And that, you know, mum's health, like even things like conception, um, when we were kids, you know, conception or when we were first having our kids, how you worked out when you were going to have a baby, you just sort of worked out what month you wanted the baby born and then counted back nine months because you just presumed you'd fall pregnant straight away. Yes. So, and now, and I think the average time taken to fall pregnant back then was three months, whereas now it's like 12 to 18 months. So I think um, it's actually occurring before the kids are even born, maybe with mum and dad's health, even prior to conception. Okay, okay. But here's a, here's a fear now. We've seen these changes in the last 20 or 30 years. Yes. What's it going to be like for us in the next 15 to 20 years? Is it well, going to get worse? Are we going to have even more increased problems with uh, Yeah, allergies? well, as I, as I just sort of indicated, like it's predicted, and this is um, um, by an allergy and immune disease in Australia report, it's predicted that by 2050, the number of patients affected by allergic and diseases will be increased by 70% wow. to 7.7 million. So... Um, today in the show, we're going to talk about... So I think a lot of it happens um, in utero. I think right, the kids yes. are being programmed to have a more reactive immune system. Yep. Um, I think things like um, antibiotic overuse has contributed to the increase in allergies in kids and you know maybe coming through the parents. Like the We've talked before about kids' first inocula- inoculation with good bacteria through the, the birth process. Um, so kids' immune systems aren't being set up properly from the start. Uh, overuse of things like antibiotics where the gut flora gets wiped out. And again, a lot more information is coming that um, you know, 60 to 70% of our immune system is based around our gut and bowel. So you know, our gut flora and, and our gut flora has changed considerably over the last 100 years. So you know, I think that for me, it's the, the changes in mum and dad's health. Yes, um, the increased chemicals in the environment and the changes to our gut microbiome is why we're seeing these kids come through these days with more and more um, problems. Okay. So in fixing that, like we need to sort of take a step back and go backwards a little bit. You know, we really need to start to get back to basics, make sure that gut microbiome is real, well supported, improve our diet, get off additives and preservatives. Like we really need a big health turnaround in Australia because – for, it's an interesting comment, and I think I might have made this a couple of months back, but for all the advancements everywhere across all levels of science and development and human endeavor, mm. the one big area that's going backwards is our health. Yes, that's you true. Know, and it's with our kids' health that we're seeing you know, these changes you know, made early on. Today, the topic, we're reducing the risk of allergies through our herbal medicine, and we're looking at prevention now, preconception and pregnancy. Yeah, yes, Dave. And if you're thinking about having kids already pregnant, pregnant now is the time actually to make sure their child is given best possible start to life, particularly if mum or dad have allergy predispositions. So say if dads always suffer from hay fever or asthma, mum might have had eczema as a kid herself, then, then through pregnancy there's actually there's more and more research coming through to show that 
if mum sort of looks after herself, takes certain supplements through pregnancy, it can reduce the risk of that child developing that atopy or allergy predisposition. So interestingly, the first thing is um, vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So, and always, you know, if you're concerned about your vitamin D, get your blood levels tested. Yeah. If your vitamin D is fine, happy days. If your vitamin D is low, um, I would definitely dedicate more time safely spending the sun. Unfortunately, to get enough vitamin D from the sun, it's, it's full, full um, torso exposure. So it's mm-hmm. full front and full back. Yeah. So basically, you'd have to be out in your... So, you know, they say, you know, it's in your DNA, it's in your blood from generation to generation. Things can come through. You may yes. have uh, yes. something could be passed on. Maybe your father or your uncle had uh, yep. cancer or a heart problem that can come through the family line. Yep. Does allergies come through the... Yeah, absolutely. You think they also part of the makeup and come through the... So if a parent has an allergy, it's expected that the child may well have it's the same allergy. It's more likely that the child will have an allergy as Is well. Is there a way of breaking that? Yeah, absolutely. So taking vitamin D or making right. sure your vitamin D levels are good yeah. can help reduce... If, if, if I've got allergies and, and... Sorry, if mum's got allergies or dad's got allergies, but mum makes sure her vitamin D levels are really good through her pregnancy, mm. that has been shown to help reduce the risk of that child developing allergy. Um, every cell in our body has vitamin D receptors. Um, taking a fish oil supplement, right. and it needs to be a really, really good quality fish oil supplement. You know, there's a lot of fish oils on the market that, you know, basically with fish oil, the cheaper the fish oil, the more contaminants that it's likely to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, but a concern about fish oil, and you may be able to clarify this for yeah, me, is yeah. uh, you'll need to take 30 capsules a day. No, no. What, what is that? No, no, You no. hear people say that. Oh, no. you, right, you need to get That's a fish new, oil. Oh, yeah, for you to get a, a supreme yeah. dose. Yeah, you know no, what I'm saying. You know where I'm coming I do, from. I do. I do. New research out is suggesting that if you can get about a thousand milligrams of EPA a day, that is enough. Right. So if you've got, we've got um, 400 milligram capsules. So two capsules a day of of the fish oil we use is an awesome therapeutic dose. They're suggesting new researchers. Because see, that's a deterrent for me. If they say to me, yep, go on fish oil, you'll need 30 capsules. Yeah, no, 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 no. way. No, There's no. no way I'm going to try and take the lower, 30 the lower the, lo- the lower the dosage of fish oil, the more you have to take. But right. research is suggesting that taking more fish oil may not be necessarily more beneficial. Okay. So with a lot of natural medicines, you, you need to know that because if, if fish oil is good, taking a lot doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better. So yeah, yeah. around 1,000 milligrams a day of the EPA. So if mum takes... and Basically, um, the one study um, I've got here, and it's about whether fish oil supplementation reduces the risk of allergic disease in infants. The summary was that supplementation of the diet with good quality fish oil um, provided a non-invasive intervention with significant potential to prevent the development of allergic and possibly other immune-mediated responses. So fish oil is the second thing. And the other area, and this is a big area... Um, that I'm always banging on about is um, taking a probiotic. Yes. Taking a probiotic. Women need to take probiotics through their pregnancy as well as eat, you know, your fermented foods and things like that. The baby's first inoculation with good bacteria comes when the baby's born through the birth canal. All the fluids are pumped out and then what's taken back in are the bacteria in the area. And, you know, really getting the child's uh, microbiome set up from the start. Yes is um, absolutely critical. So taking a, a probiotic through pregnancy, and with some kids that you know are at a high risk of allergies, I'd also recommend a very small amount of um, a probiotic applied to mum's um, nipple before okay. breastfeeding. And then obviously with kids with immune stuff, prevention-wise, you know, ideally as much as possible breastfed. 
you know, because the colostrum yeah. helps to set up their good gut flora yeah. and, you know, mum on as healthy a diet as possible while she's breastfeeding. So those those four or five things, the vitamin D, the fish oil supplement, um, good quality probiotic, and then um, breastfeeding okay. as much as possible. Now, Peter, managing allergies naturally. How can you help us in this direction? Well, Dave, there's a, there's a number of things that, that, that we can do or that can be done. Um, one interesting area I just sort of touch on briefly is there's new recommendations of, of, are coming out for infant feeding. And again, the idea is to try and, you know, the, or the, reduce, reduce the risk of um, children developing food allergies. So one of the, um, the Center for Food and Allergy Research um, recently recommended three changes to the Australian infant feeding guidelines. And I'm not 100% sure right. if I've, I, I really concur with this, but what they're suggesting is that when your infant's ready at around six months, but not before four, you actually start to induce a variety of solid foods, um, starting with iron-rich foods while continuing breastfeeding. That's, that's nothing new. But what they're suggesting is that all infants should be given allergenic solid foods, including peanut butter, um, corn, egg, dairy, and wheat products in the first year of life. Now, this includes children at high risk of allergy. So, so introduce that into their diet. Introduce that as, around the same time as you're introducing these other solids around the six-month mark. You know, advice in the past has been if there's a family history of allergy, if your child shows any tendency towards you know, their immune system's compromised or rashes or lots of colds or infections, that we you know, wouldn't introduce these foods before the 12 months. Mm-hmm. But now they're suggesting to introduce them early. So... I don't know. I, I I don't know that there's enough information out to be backing that, but that's the new recommendations coming through. So that's that's a bit of a challenging one because again, how the child sort of set up with those that first dietary input. But yeah, I'd be keen yeah. to see if anyone's actually had any experience with that. That would be an interesting thing to follow up with. Right. Um, you know, the first thing to managing allergies, um, if it's too late for prevention. So we've talked about prevention. You know, with the kids' point of view. Um, getting tested, obviously, you know, finding out exactly what you're allergic and how allergic you are. And there's a number of ways you can do that. You can do like a scratch test yes. on your arm, and that can be for food and environmental allergies. I love that. As a young kid, about seven or eight, with an asthmatic, you know, did the test and allergic to cats and peanut butter. I love peanut butter, and I just, you know, cats are fine with me, yes. <laughs> so, did you, did you, you weren't anaphylactic to peanut butter? No. No, no, but they told me, oh, better stay away from peanut butter and cats. So, so. And, and you peanut butter every day of my life. So there you go. <laughs> What's going on there? What's going on there? Um, and other, they can, there can also be blood testing done as well, and they can okay. also do patch testing on your back. The problem with you know scratch testing is it's it's a little bit um it's not really a hundred percent accurate. Right. And you know they're gauging it off basically the size of the welt or the 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 reaction that occurs. So it doesn't really tell us, it tells us what what your reactivity is at the skin level. It doesn't really okay. tell us what's going on internally, but it's a guideline. Um, obviously, you know, avoiding the offending food or the environmental trigger, or in your case, having it every day. But obviously you weren't <laughs> anaphylactic, so I wouldn't recommend that. Um, and the idea is giving your immune system time to calm down. The interesting thing with kids is kids' immune systems often you know, take about their first seven years to really fully settle. Yeah. And that's why in the old days, you know, doctors would say, you know, your child will probably grow out of it when they turn seven or eczema will change, yeah. eczema will go away and then asthma will go from seven to 14. Yeah. So it's interesting, the cycles. 
Um, and one of the best ways that we know from a naturopathic point of view to help someone that has allergies is to do a comprehensive digestive and liver liver detox. Right. You know, we always feel this. I always feel this is the best place to start with any allergy. As I mentioned, 60% of your immune system is in the lymphatic tissue that surrounds your gut. So if you're getting gut symptoms as well as having allergies, the less symptomatic your gut is, the better and healthier you're eating, that your gut's happier. Um, you know, checking that there's not leaky gut. Uh, a great, great test you can have done if you're really having a lot of problems is you can have a stool test done to check what your bacterial balance is actually like. Mm. Um, and just while we're talking about probiotics, there's a, um, a probiotic, like the microbiome is one of the most well-studied and well-researched growing or the most growing area of research in natural, natural medicine, looking at all these bacteria and what, what they do. And there's a, a, strain, or a, a, a strain of probiotic called um, LGG, and this strain has been used in studies with, um, like the only way to desensitize someone at this point in time that has a severe peanut allergy is to give them injections once a month of very small amounts of peanuts and slowly build up over a long-term period. Yes. It's a desensitization program. What they found, though, is that as soon as they stopped the, de- the injections, the allergy came back. Oh, okay. But there was some suggestions that when they combined the desensitizing with taking a good quality or the right strain of probiotic, particularly this LGG strain, they had a more lasting sort of response. So kind of exciting stuff there. That There may be some more solid treatments for people that have severe anaphylaxis down the track. Now you have some seats available for a talk tonight on this very topic. Yeah, we do. We've got a, a great talk on tonight about um, you know managing allergies and intolerances naturally for anyone that's interested to come along. They can... Um, get onto our website or they can call the office yes. and um, get tickets that way. Okay. And, of course, uh, we can also look at the website, mullenhealth.com.au, for some blogs. You have some interesting writing there on we this do. topic. We do. We have some great blogs on um, you know, how to manage your allergies naturally and great tips. And we'll catch you next week. Yeah, next week, Dave, I'm talking about um, sitting, which has been called the new smoking. That'll be interesting. So a big rev up next, next week about exercise and movement. Okay, we'll be doing that. That's from midday next Tuesday. It's Health and Wellbeing with Peter Mullen. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Dave.